prayed for me and uh, asked God's blessings on me. And uh, I trust that God is going to bring healing. We're trying to, with the doctor's cooperation, find what's going on. It, it all started uh, back, I guess, last month. And uh, one day I had an online virtual appointment with a kidney doctor that my family doctor had set up. And uh, I sat down at the table and she started asking me questions. And my mental abilities crashed. And I knew what she was saying, but I couldn't get anything out. I mean, I was totally out of it. And uh, it's been a challenge ever since. Um, to find out what's going on, what's causing it. And um, I'm on a multitude of medicines, and I still have slurred speech, so you'll have to forgive that today. Uh, I think it's all right up here, but somewhere between here and here, uh, it's a little confused. But uh, anyway, I'm glad to be back in the pulpit and... Uh, um, one of the side effects of what's been going on is that I have total really bad weakness uh, waist down and it makes me difficult to be able to get around to be mobile uh, if you stand me out here in the middle of the floor without a cane, without a walker in about three to five seconds I would be on the floor. Uh, it's okay. We have the Lone Ranger coming to the rescue. Well, I guess I can while he. Because of all of the ramifications uh, of my problem, whatever it is, I'm hoping the doctors will figure out what it is, um, my suspect, or my suspicion, was that it may be Parkinson's. Uh, the doctor seems to think it may be the result of COVID, but I shouldn't have said that word. Uh, but um, uh, anyway, we're battling to find out uh, what it is. Uh, in the meantime, I decided that for me to 
get a decent sermon together uh, would be difficult. So I've gone back to five or six years ago when I preached a series of sermons on God's salvation package. And so we're going to start out in that and uh, see how it goes. And today we're going to start out God's salvation passage and we're going to study the subject of regeneration. Now, we're in old church. Uh, next month, or in May, we will have our 163rd birthday as a church. Uh, and uh, that's not necessarily important, but I'm thankful for it. And uh, as we consider now where we are as a church, um, we are a church that has always believed in the divine inspired word of God. We believe that that is the central thing that should characterize our church. That we believe the Bible is the word of God. And that the primary function is for us to work our worship around the word of God. And from that comes the pulpit. Now, from the pulpit, many churches have different work, ways to do it. Uh, our way is to preach the word of God. Because if God's people do not know the word of God, then they're empty. They're empty. And so we're going to try to uh, approach that. And today we're going to talk about regeneration. Regeneration is God's way of getting his creation of people into his family so that they can worship him from their heart the way God wants us to, to do it. So let me read you first of all today a scripture from Titus chapter 3 verses 3 through 7. Paul says, and would you like to stand for God's word? I Forgive me, I'm not going to stand. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness of the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the mercy and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Now that's the word. And... Uh, 
Paul says here, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. And so this is vitally important to each of us that we have this process of being born again, of being regenerated, of being washed and cleansed and saved because of his mercy. I want us to stop and have a word of prayer and I would have uh, Brother Nathan, if he would, to praise, uh, lead us in this opening prayer. salvation package to see all of the things that God provides for us through his salvation that he gives to us. It's available to each and every one of us. Now, I, I like to think about um, God's salvation that he provides for us. And I think of one time when Barbara and I went down to Mexico to visit my brother and his wife. And we visited my older brother down in San Marcos had made it possible for us to go down and they have this, what do you call it, Robert? All-inclusive resort. An all-inclusive resort. All-inclusive resort. And so we went down there, we went to the front desk, we registered, and uh, when we got there, we, they put a little plastic band on our wrists. And when we had that band on our wrist, all we had to do to go inside that resort and uh, go to any restaurant, any barber shop, any beauty shop, any whatever, uh, and uh, we could have it. It was ours. It was a package deal, and uh, that was great. We enjoyed it. We loved it. The only problem is my brother has never said, hey, why don't you go down again and I'll pay for everything. And, no, that, that hasn't happened. So that's the difference between what God offers and what my brother offered is that God, when he gives you that salvation package, it's forever. It's for generations. And so we thank my brother, but we thank 
most of all, our God who has provided such a wonderful salvation. And today we are going to start opening up that salvation package that God has offered to us through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Think of it as a brilliant diamond. The brilliant cut has 58 facets. Each facet is a window to reveal the brilliance and the beauty of the diamond. God's salvation package is like that. Each truth that we'll study about God's salvation reveal more of the wonder and beauty of our salvation. So let's first look at the meaning of regeneration. So in the Greek word for regeneration is polygonesia. It comes from the word pollen and genesis. And so you have the word regeneration, which means rebirth or being born again. The example we have in the Bible is John chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, that says there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things, these signs that you do, unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Jesus and Nicodemus were one, they were discussing to us and revealing to us what that word regeneration means. And Nicodemus was basically confused. But Jesus revealed to him that if he did not have this reality of regeneration, being born again, going back and letting God remake him into God's image. And that is what each of us may do. Now, the equivalent expressions in throughout the New Testament and some in the Old Testament, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. 1 John 4, 7, everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. 1 John 4, 7, 
Everyone who loves is born of God. Now, that's not that birth of, birth of your mother that happened for me on May the 2nd, 1936. But it happened somewhere around the third Sunday in July or that week when I trusted Jesus as my Savior, asked him to come into my life, into my heart, and I was born again. I remember that day and that time and that experience vividly. I remember it because my mother was in the church and the piano was directly behind the pulpit. We didn't have a baptistry. And so my mother was playing the piano. The song leader was up here on the pulpit in the rostrum or whatever that thing is and uh, and so when I was about the second or third pew and I was hanging on that pew with all my heart but I knew I was a lost sinner and I knew that without Jesus I could not go to heaven and so in that moment of that time I trusted Jesus as my Savior. I was born again. And anytime and if someone says to you that they have never doubted their salvation, they're probably not saying the truth. Because at different times I have doubted. Because every Christian goes through highs and lows and sometimes we do die. But when I have doubted, I have two things. I have, first of all, the Word of God. And I have, second of all, that time when I went down the aisle of that little country church and believed in Jesus as my Savior. And so I pray that you will be able to do that. Well, let's... Uh, All right, let's look at Ephesians 2.5. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. And then for 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so... That is what regeneration is. We become new in Christ. And thank God for that reality. God is all-powerful and he can come into our hearts and lives and change us. Now, point number two, the must of regeneration. The words, Jesus' words to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Now, who was Nicodemus? He was a Pharisee. They were the strictest sect of the Jews. He was a teacher of the law. He taught the Bible. He taught the word of God to the people of Israel. Nicodemus need, he needed to be born again because he was lost like all men. 
And without coming to Jesus, believing in Him, being born again, we all will stand before God, the judgment bar of heaven, and we will be lost, and we will be turned away, and we will spend eternity in hell in a place of suffering and darkness unless we turn and believe. George Whitfield, one of the great missionaries of history. He preached more than 3,000 times from John chapter 3, verses 5 through 7, as his text. Now, for reference, on one of his outdoor sermons in New England, he preached outdoors on the top of that hill, probably from John chapter 3, verses 3 through 7. Benjamin Franklin stepped out how far it was that people could hear Whitfield preach the word. It's amazing today when we depend so much on technology and being able to broadcast uh, our voices. But Franklin estimated that I, Brother Stephen, do you remember? 30,000. Could Okay, 30,000 people. That's amazing. But uh, he did it. When he was asked why he preached so frequently from these verses, he replied, because you must be born again. This is a divine impression and a divine imperative. Our Lord said it, you better believe it. Why must a person be born again? Titus chapter 3 verse 3. For we once also were foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Genesis 6, 5 says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Psalm 51, 5. Behold, I was brought forth, or shapen in iniquity. Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. That's what the Word of God is saying to us. Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Ephesians 2.1, dead in trespasses and sins. Dead person lying in a casket is beyond the ability to respond. Imagine that a dead person is a Christian while he or she is lying in the casket. Jesus returns. The shout, the trump of God, dead in Christ will rise. That person 
and Christ is included. That person will rise, respond to the Lord's shout, not in any power that how they have, but in the Lord's resurrection power. And so it is same, same for the lost sinner. When Jesus comes, that lost sinner will be left behind. Came to the place, didn't, didn't want to turn. Y'all, excuse me, we're going to have a hungry drink of water. Thankful for long arms. Point number three the motive for regeneration. Why do we need to be born again? Well, we understand that God, the creator of all things, the creator of you and me, every single one of us, all things, he is the author of regeneration. Regeneration is God's act. It's not something that I thought of, that I came up with that I have the ability to perform. Generation, regeneration is God's act. Regeneration, God is the author of regeneration. John 1, 11 through 13. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born, not of blood, not of our human abilities, not from our parents, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That's the only way regeneration comes to this world, being born again. Being in the family of God, knowing God, being in fellowship with God. For to be born not of blood means it is not inherited from one's parents. A person may have Christian parents and not be a Christian himself. To be born not of the will of the flesh means one is not born again by self-effort. No one is saved because he decides it is time for him to be saved. To be born out of the will of man means another person cannot effect salvation by wishing it is so. The new birth is of God. And the attraction for regeneration, why should we be attracted to it? Why has God moved to make us born-again children of God so that we can love Him? Well, verse 3 and chapter, chapter 3, verse 4 says, The kindness of God, God's kindness, God's mercy is unlimited 
enabling him to act as a friend even to those who are his enemies. And so that's the status that each and every one has. God is full of love. God is full of mercy. God is full of kindness so that he reaches out to each and every one of us to pull us in, to bring us to a relationship with him. And if we do not know him, we need to respond to that reaching out of God to bring us to him. The attraction for regeneration is that God loves you. God will take care of you. The love of God is what makes it attractive to us. Verse, chapter 3 and verse 4. When the love of God, our Savior toward man appeared. And then in Romans chapter 6, verse 8. But God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And we see through this the mercy of God. According to his mercy, God's mercy, God feeling pain on our behalf, God being moved with compassion toward us so that he sees us, he knows us, he knows the ultimate end result of this life. We enter a journey when we're born. I was born May the 2nd, 1936, on the small farm north of Aspermont, Texas, out in West, Northwest, Texas. And most of us on this journey, we take a lot of things for granted. And uh, last week I, I told you that um, my journey now I understand that when I had that fall in a bathroom, a locked bathroom, a small locked bathroom, and I couldn't get up. And it was in the middle of the night. And uh, I understood then for the first time that I was on the last stage of this journey that I've been on since May the 2nd, 1936. When it will end, that's in God's hands. But every single one of us are on that journey. I'd never thought about that before. I took everything for granted that I was on a journey. I just thought it was going to go on and on and on and on. Most of us are like that. But the journey ends. The journey on this earth. And when it ends, 
we will pass from one world to another. And when we pass, we face the reality that either, oops, I made a mistake. I failed to listen to God's word. I failed to believe in Jesus as my Savior. And so here I am. Or you may be that person who comes to the end, but you have in your life, you have faced the reality of the future, of what faces you at the end of this journey. It can be eternal suffering. Separated from God and friends and family and all that is good and important. Or it can believing in Jesus and receiving light and love and wonder and joy and a, a life that is eternal with God and with God's people and with all the wonderful things that God has to provide for us. So that's the choice that we have. So let's look at the means of regeneration. John 3, 5. Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. The agency of regeneration is the Word of God. Don't let all of those people who stand up on pulpits and preach and tell you all of the good things that uh, you can have if you do this or that or the other. And uh, I listen to them sometimes and I can't find the Word of God in their messages. This church stands for the Word of God. This church stands to introduce every person to Jesus Christ the Son of God, who is the sole heart of salvation. And so, the Word of God. Born of water. What does it mean? Some say it refers to baptism. Baptism or regeneration. Baptism necessary for our salvation. Two churches in the town had a revival meeting. Two different points of view on baptism. I'm saved because I'm baptized. Or I'm saved, baptized because I'm saved. Which is it? Water is used in the Bible as picturing the word of God. John 15, 3. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. James 1, 18. Of his own will, he brought us forth, or 
begat in the King James Version of his <clears throat> he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. First Peter one twenty three. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God which lives and abides forever. Romans 10, 13 through 17. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach because they are sinned? Unless they are sinned. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the word of gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The word of God is vital. The agent of regeneration is the Holy Spirit. Um, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit unless one is born of water and the Holy Spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of God the work of the Holy Spirit is creation Genesis 1 reveals to us God's almighty creation and the Holy Spirit is the one there who is hovering over that work of God and that wonder of God, and we thank God for it. And uh, the Holy Spirit was real and is still real today, active in God's work in the world. The work of the Holy Spirit is in recreation. Jesus conversation with Nicodemus. Jesus answered most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. So what does it mean to be born of the Spirit? The Holy Spirit is working actively in our hearts and our lives to bring us to God. The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. The Word of God will work in your hearts as the Word is preached and then we hear it and it goes into our hearts and the Holy Spirit We'll take that heart to warm our hearts, to draw us to God, to bring us to the point where we will receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that we will believe in Him, that He died on the cross for me, that He bore my sins for me, that Jesus Christ was the substitute for me because I'm a sinner. I could not do it. 
God would reject everything about me. But Jesus died in my place. The Holy Spirit is doing all of that work to draw you to Jesus there on the cross. And uh, I suppose there's no great fault in wearing a cross around your neck because it does represent something important. But it is nothing in itself unless in your heart, in your mind, in the very inner core of your being, you do not believe that Jesus is there on the cross dying for me, suffering for me, taking my sin on himself so that I can be saved. Well, let's look at a few more. The agent of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is working actively in our hearts and lives to bring us to God. The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any other two-edged sword piercing even to the vision of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Holy Spirit draws the sinner to Christ. He convicts the, convicts the sinner of personal guilt. When we respond to the Spirit's call, placing faith in Jesus as our Savior, the Savior... The Holy Spirit performs a miraculous work. And makes us God's children. And that is truly a great miracle. He changes our inward nature. And creates in a love for God and for God's people. Ezekiel 36, 26. There in that Old Testament scripture, Ezekiel, that prophet of God, was able to reveal to us something of the power and the miracle of God's transforming grace. We think today, and I remember back of the time when the South African doctor was performing those first heart transplant operations. We thought, what a miracle. And yet today it's more or less routine. But here's what Ezekiel said. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you 
a heart of flesh. That's what Jesus meant when he said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. And so I come to the conclusion of this message today to ask you, have you been born again? As you sit here in this auditorium, Irving, Texas, What day is today? 28th. March the 28th. Have you been born again? As you sit there in your pew, I'm 63 years old. No, I'm not 63 years old. I'm soon to be 85 years old. And each of you have that date that marks you have you been born again because every second that passes every day that passes every year that passes you're getting closer to that final day that final point when you will pass from this life to the next life and I ask you are you born again it's not good enough to wait until that day to make things right with God. Because for most people, there, there, there's not too many bedside regenerations taking place in the world. I mean, it's a whole lot better to do it now to do it right now, to do it today in your life. And I would ask you to do it today. Are you born again? Brother Nin, will you come and lead us in our invitation hymn? And uh, this is many ways. You can do it right there in your pew where you sit. You can just say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I know that one day I'm going to die, but I want to make things right with you. I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. You can do it right there in your pew, or you can walk down the aisle and share it with his pastor, or any other person, Brother Robert, or any other person in this auditorium. But I would ask you to make that decision today, to receive Jesus. Are you born again? Brother Dennis, what number shall we say? 355. 355. And I would ask you to stand. And I'm going to continue to sit and uh, ask you to come make that decision in your heart while you're here. And even if you do it there in your pew, after the service, you go to someone in this service and share with them your decision. I have received Jesus as my Savior. I'm born again.
service back to Brother Robert and y'all.